Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Well, that's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 and I'm Chua Tian Tian with your market view. Now, over the past few days, we've looked at global M&A activity, the retail scene here in Singapore and other key developments to watch in the US and Asia. Let's continue that conversation today with Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Apart from the Mac economy, we're also going to be looking at some stocks in the US and Singapore. Twitter will be on our list today after Elon Musk filed a second notice to terminate his acquisition of the social media company. A lot to look at today so enough of me talking here let's get terence on board hi terence hey Tian Tian. hey hi terence let's start with the u.s markets stocks failed to sort of wriggle their way out of an earlier market route last week of course after fed chair jerome powell reiterated that the central bank would likely hike interest rates can we expect any stabilization over the next week though well Tian Tian, depends on what you mean by stabilization mm. uh, you know before you came on board right i was talking to Bharati and i i was telling her that i'm very very sure that there's going to be a recession mm. Uh, is it given in my my books, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, given that you know there's all this liquidity that has been pumped into the system over the past fourteen years, uh, I, I'm I'll be very very surprised that this is going to be only a very very gentle decline. Uh, so when you talk about stabilization, are we talking about you know a market trough? Are, are you saying that the markets are going to be bottoming at at these levels? Uh, because I mm. yeah, is, is that what you mean, or are you just saying that uh, mm. there's just gonna, not going to be any kind of violent swings? Ah, as in, if you look at the trading activity over the past few days, after the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium, we have been seeing some volatilities. We have been seeing the major averages in the U.S. marking their fourth straight day of losses. Are we expecting any bottoming, at least from there, from that particular announcement by Jerome Powell, actually? Are we going to see a sort of a correction from that? Well, I, I doubt there's going to be a bottoming right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that the market hasn't really capitulated yet. So, um, you know, the market you, the market will only find a bottom where everybody throws in a towel and say that, hey, I've given up on the market. But uh, it's evidently not there. We thought we, we, were, we were seeing it in May and June, but uh, towards late June, all the way to July, there was this massive run uh, that really confounded a lot of uh, analysts, right? Mm. Um, so, so there's still hope. You, you, and when there's still hope, mm. it means that the market hasn't really bottomed. Mm, I see. And in the meantime, Terence, all eyes on the, one of the jobs report coming out of the US tomorrow. But really, how much of a difference would that make to markets? I mean, prices have failed to come down substantially. The Fed is unlikely to change its course or to be less aggressive come September, isn't it? What do you think? Well, this is when uh, good news is actually bad. Uh, mm. The US gained, I think, over half a billion jobs uh, in July, and that's doubled the early expectations of about 250,000 jobs. Mm. Um, and if and, and not only that, there's a massive hiring, uh, but wage growth continues to accelerate. Um, that is good news for people that's uh, duly employed, mm-hmm. but then in the longer term, uh, the Fed will get very, very worried. Uh, and uh, when Fed gets worried, the markets get worried, right? Mm. Um, because uh, this gives them a bigger push to be more aggressive. Uh, Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, uh, has said that you know he would like it to he like uh, a lot of the rate hikes to be front loaded, uh, which means that he has to be very very firm early in the game. Uh, but uh, Jerome Powell, I think, is already late, so he really needs to make up for lost time. Mm, so the idea is that we are unlikely to see any change in how the Fed will react, isn't it? No matter what their numbers, in fact. 
Yeah, uh, I, mm-hmm. I believe so. And let's talk about energy prices in the US and Europe. They seem to have cooled off a little in recent days, but how would that fit into the bigger picture? And would that provide some respite to global markets? Um, well, this looming uh, recession has uh, really taken a hold uh, and uh, made it the more, more important factor compared to supply chain disruptions and geopolitical concerns. Right, mm. uh, Oil prices is off now, it's sub $100 barrel. And uh, well, commodities in general has also been trending uh, downwards. But, you know, uh, going into winter time, I think that's where people should get worried. Uh, Brent oil prices could once again appreciate uh, if, you know, Russia comes in and say, OK, I'm going to cut gas uh, off Europe. And, mm-hmm. and that's really, wor- really worrying. And, and late last month, uh, Saudi Arabia also uh, said that there is a significant disconnect between the financial and physical markets, which means that, you know, they probably want to do something about the supply conditions. Mm. Uh, already, the spare capacity is close to historic lows um, and large-scale gas to oil switching taking place in Europe due to the lack of Russian gas. Uh, you know, oil prices should actually remain high, uh, high as in higher than the average that we've seen, uh, not not only during the dark days of between 2016 and 2020, uh, but uh, we are talking about the brighter days, you know, uh, pre-2015, uh, our uh, oil prices should be even higher than that. Hmm. And speaking of oil prices, uh, some reports were saying that the return of Iran nuclear deal could be imminent. And with that, a lot of oil back to international crude markets. What do you think about that? Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, well, you know, with, with all these deals, uh, that's always a possibility. Hmm. And uh, that would help, uh, I think, in the, the high oil prices, uh, that will help with high oil prices. But again, you need to balance off with geopolitical concerns, mm. uh, which is uh, which is also a very, very, uh, there's a very, very high distinct possibility of that, uh, you know, the Russia cutting off gas and that mm. uh, could lead to some issues in, in Europe. Because once they cut off gas, mm. um, then uh, it's, like I said, uh, you know, the recession will just, Recession is really given in Europe, yep. but it's just going to get a lot worse. Mm. Well, let's maybe move away from the negative parts and talk about the more juicy news, Terence. Let's look at individual stocks, starting with the US. Twitter making their headlines these days after Elon Musk filed another notice to terminate the acquisition of the social media company. But really, do we know what Elon Musk's true intentions are? Is it to buy Twitter, to not to buy Twitter, or to lower Twitter price? So many questions here. What are your thoughts? Where do you see all of this going? <laughs> Seriously, I, I'm taking a dart right now and I, I, I really couldn't tell. Mm. Uh, and, you know, with things like that, uh, I I would probably not touch. But if you look at, mm. I, I guess in situations like that, uh, investors with deep pockets or mm. who are a lot braver than I am, uh, probably would need to look at how much Twitter is worth on a standalone basis rather than guess uh, what Elon Musk is doing. Mm. Right? Uh, that, uh, like I said, uh, leave it to the leave it to the courts and uh, that's a big 50-50 but uh, if you look down into the stock uh, there are definitely challenges at the fundamental level Mm. Uh, you can see the revenue and earnings already declining as spent is uh, at at least for Twitter has uh, come off interest in Twitter has come off Uh, cost itself has shot up quite significantly I Mm -hmm. believe it's to the tune of over 30% Mm -hmm. Um, but of course the large part of it was due to the acquisition related costs uh, mm. amounted to over $30 million. Uh, that uh, would probably be gone if Elon Musk is not around. Uh, but whether he lowers the... Uh, if I, and, and I think that if 
uh, he doesn't need to come in to take over Twitter. He doesn't want to take over Twitter. That would lead to the crisis plummeting. Mm, I see. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. Terence, always very hard to predict what Elon Musk is trying to do. But one thing that we do know is the Singapore market. Maybe we can project some things there. I want to take us home. To what extent is the Singapore market resilient to all the global headwinds that we have been seeing? Well, if you look at the the Singapore market, right, uh, mm. uh, just just bring you back a couple of years, uh, Singapore market was really one of those like laggards. Uh, oh. You know, during the pandemic jump, uh, the likes of US, uh, Hong Kong, even Taiwan, uh, everybody is like rushing up. Uh, but Singapore was one of those laggard, uh, laggards, and and that's for that's that, that's a good reason behind it. Uh, we are a value playground. If you look at the STI constituents. Uh, 60-70% of them are value plays. Uh, they're the REITs, obviously, and uh, banks. Mm. Banks make up 40%. Uh, the REITs uh, and other div- high-dividend yielding stocks like S- uh, Singtel, ST Engineering, mm. the boring guys, right? Uh, they they don't make very much of an impression mm, when yeah. uh, when everybody's like lapping for growth. Mm. But this year, we, we have uh, done uh, very well in comparison with global markets. Also because of our value, guys, um, the banks have uh, been resilient, um, and those dividend, uh, those those companies, the blue chips that's generating very strong dividend yields of between four and five percent, uh, they have also uh, stood their ground. Uh, so uh, that is why I think we are more resilient than the rest. But you know, mm. going ahead. Um, the economy, like the global economy, will likely uh, will likely come off. And Singapore, being a small open economy, uh, that would have an impact. Uh, we will also mm. really not be spared. Uh, mm-hmm. So this will actually trickle down to the stocks. And uh, I, I am watching it quite closely right now. Mm, so Terence, in the meantime, uh, what are the sectors that we should be looking at? Some analysts, they're setting their sights on offshore and marine. Do you think that we should be looking at that? Do you agree with that? Well, offshore marine is quite interesting um, for the fact that uh, they, because they were so ignored, the banks just hated them. Uh, they mm-hmm. didn't want to like lend them a dime, right? So then there was like total underinvestment. And also because, uh, to be fair, uh, after 2015, 2016, when oil price, oh, 2015, when oil prices came off, uh, the vessel owners didn't want to build any more vessels. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a severe... Uh, severe shortage, I believe, in vessels right now because the national oil companies, the big guys, or Ramco, right, uh, they are out there scouring for vessels uh, to bring to the oil fields for exploration purposes, for transport purposes. Um, so they are snapping up a lot of the demand. And I think by, by next year, if the oil prices continue to stay uh, decently high, uh, there will be very, very strong uh, there will continue to be strong demand uh, over these vessels, and like I said, uh, mm. there's a, a bit of there, there's uh, the demand supply situation will actually only get worse. Mm. So, Terence, in the meantime, which are the companies we should be looking at in the marine and offshore sector? Well, um, well, other than the big guys like mm. Apple and Samco Marine, uh, which is going through a merger, I think there's an interesting uh, little offshore company. Uh, small cap mm. uh, called Marco Polo Marine. Ah, yes. Um, that sees, uh, that's seen a strong uh, turnaround. You know, it's a uh, fleet of vessels are being used for oil exploration. They're being booked on that front. But 
during the pandemic, uh, the CEO Sean Lee has also worked very hard to bring in a new stake, uh, mm. which is the wind energy in Taiwan, oh. and that is also taking on a lot of the capacity, uh, a lot of its vessel capacity. And and as mm. as I mentioned earlier on, remember the the vessels are. The vessels globally, mm-hmm. uh, there is going to be a shortage, and and they're actually riding on that. Uh, prices have gone up. Uh, I believe prices will go up quite significantly. I mean, the rental prices for the vessels. So that's good news for the likes of uh, Marco Polo. And uh, specific to the company, the vessels are also relatively new. Mm-hmm. So I believe that that can command uh, even better rates. Uh, not only are they vessel owners. Uh, they also have a yard over in Batam, and I heard that uh, you mm. know activity has increased substantially uh, over the last mm. uh, last couple of years. Mm. And Terence, just very quickly before we go, what other companies that we have not talked about that you think that deserve a mention right now? Estin Engineering making headlines today. Do you think that it's undervalued or overvalued right now? Well, Estin Engineering is one of those uh, safe havens in uncertain mm. times. Uh, it rides on a few themes, uh, you know, digitalization, digitalization, urbanization, sustainability, security. It checks all the right boxes, right? Uh, all these are relatively sexy uh, sectors. Uh, and this uh, the the re- recent win in Kaohsiung actually adds on to the $21 billion order books. I think what's interesting about mm. IT engineering is that it pays every quarter, dividends every uh. quarter, four cents a quarter, so that equates to about 4.3% yield. Uh, uh, definitely an interesting counter to take a look at right now during uncertain times. Mm, thank you very much, Terence. That was Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital, joining us on the line. Before acting thank on you. the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.